Yo, easy. What's up, guys? My name is Evan Duvall. This is Easy Does It. Thank you for joining us. Give everybody a minute to get settled. What do y'all think? Pretty trippy. Mushrooms hit yet? <laughs> Anybody? Encouraged. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome to the Easy Does It podcast. My name is Evan Duvall, your host. I'm here with Benji Weatherly. Let's give it a round of applause. I want to thank each and every one of y'all for coming out tonight um, from the spectators and artists alike. Um, like I said, it's, it's such a beautiful opportunity for us to share this space um, and take a moment to pause and enjoy this night together. Um, but the, the purpose of this platform is really a storytelling platform. All right. And when we start to tell our stories, then there, there seems to be a sense of relatability. Um, in all of our stories, the trials that we've gone through, um, the highs, the lows, everything in between. Um, we can all learn from one another. And, you know, what I've lear really learned from this journey is the more I learn about other people, um, especially creative types um, or athletes or whoever it may be, is that there's always similarities in our stories. And often that brings inspiration and a sense of connectivity um, that is probably one of the most single, most important things um, here on earth. And I think that we need it more now than ever. There's a lot going on, uh, but it helps to slow it down, to tune in, to truly listen. And that's what we're going to kick this off with. Benji Weatherly. Wow. You know what's cool about this moment is uh, when I signed up for it, I didn't know what I was in for. <clears throat> I say yes to everything now. You know, best. I, I had uh, my 47th birthday two weeks ago in uh, New York, and I've been beyond blessed. I mean, I even made a, a surf movie, skate, surf, skate, snow movie called Life as a Movie, because since I was 12 years old, my life has been a movie. And it, it's a now the older I get, the more cocky that sounds. <laughs> so the Life as a Movie back when it happened, I was so in the clouds that I actually thought that was a great title. I would like to rename it. Um, my life seems like a movie. I mean, be more humble. Um, I think right now I'm the perfect example of life's ups and downs. I mean, um, this podcast is probably supposed to be about my professional surf career and all the famous people I know and all that stuff. But just in the last year, I've grown so much that it's almost impossible to explain in a sense that um, your path is always something you think is the way you're supposed to go. And in the last few years, my path has changed so many different directions. And I put my energy, the same energy I did as a pro surfer. As a pro surfer, I was a young, inspired, drug-free, and alcohol, nothing was in my way. And I used to write postcards to my mom, which if I wrote a postcard now, I'd, I'd won an award. Back then, I was such a perfect little being. When I first started traveling at 14, I was connected to my mom and the simple things that made my life perfect at that moment. And it lasted for quite a while, to be honest, because it came from a perfect start. Like we are starting, can start at 30, 40, 10, 11, 40. Luckily, mine started at 12, and I got 
sponsors and got to travel the world and people cared what I was doing at such a young age that it blew my mind in a way that made me not relevant in my own existence because I thought I was something I wasn't. And that was a struggle for 20 years as a pro surfer that really didn't define me, but it defined who I am now, which is so important. What I'm saying is at 47, which is crazy to say a number when I feel like I'm, you know, 20. And the, and the reason why I say that is because I told my girlfriend at the beach today, I'm, I'm doing stand up now and I find jokes in every part of my life, but jokes that are relative. And the one joke is when you turn 30, you think you know everything and then you realize you don't. And that's the scariest moment of your whole life. I say 27 to 32 is when you realize I don't know anything. I've been cocky and thinking I know everything. And then you get this desperation moment. That's where a lot of people fail and do dark things and you fall into different things. But luckily I had surfing. Luckily I had good friends that were motivated and super amazing. But when I turned 34, I remember saying uh, my girlfriend tried to kill herself and I went through rehab and I went through all these different ups and downs. And then at 34, I realized I can't, I don't know anything. And that moment of going, I don't know anything was the most powerful moment I've ever had. I tell my girlfriend all the time and best friends, that being wrong is the most powerful thing we have on earth is when you fail, that moment gives you an opportunity, not only to learn and all this cliches, but gives you opportunity to pick yourself back up and show that that was nothing compared to what I can do from this point. And that's why my life is so blessed. Everybody thinks that the reason why I called it life as a movie was because I was so talented at surfing and so funny and my friends liked me and all that stuff. But I'm realizing it's because I have a character inside of me that will never give up. That was the one thing I got out of surfing. I, it's the hardest sport in the world, almost as hard as comedy. But um, it's this overdrive that you have to have that no matter what happens to you, break your leg, your best friend drowns in front of you, all the different obstacles you have to do to be a pro server, they become something that you can base the rest of your life off of. Like, I've done that, so I can do this. And then it just keeps going uh, the rest of your life. But then you get to a point where you don't know what to do because you want answers and there aren't really answers until you realize the answers come within and when the when you figure out where how you can solve different things by taking time for yourself restarting finding a new path that new path has to start with health i hate to say sobriety because it sounds like you guys are the uh, same as me i was an addict since i was well this guy right here died when i was 21 he was my best friend and I didn't smoke weed. I didn't drink. I was, he was my hero. He's 27. And when he drowned and he was my roommate <clears throat> and I had to like identify the body and he was his fiance. I was in his wedding two weeks after he died. I was supposed to be in his wedding and I had to go through that at 21. Right. So it was like, I have to figure this out. And then I started putting drugs in my body, which is kind of the common thing. I hope. But I went dark for five years, 21 to 26. I wanted nothing to do with surfing. I hated the ocean. I hated everything. And I did every drug on earth. And I felt great. I thought that was the answer. And uh, I still struggle. I still wake up every day wanting to use or wanting to go the wrong direction. But nowadays, I, I have a clearer idea of what happiness is. And I think if you can be in the moment, like power of now, and I've done so much fucking um, 
realization. It sounds corny. I, I know you guys can actually understand what I'm saying because we're in such a safe place. I feel like I'm totally. doing ayahuasca. Yeah. To be honest. I feel like we're in a spot where I, this is the Will Ferrell moment. I thought this was a nest or whatever. This is really the nest. So I'm, I'm opening up to you guys. Uh, 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 no recording and put it on social media. Anyway, um, I think more than anything, it's, it's when you can find the, the thing that can bring you back to the right path is the, the real true happiness in life because every day is going to be an obstacle. Every day I wake yeah. up, I want to do the wrong thing. Every f I'm 47, right? And I've had everyone give me shit my whole life. They go, here's money, here's surfboards, travel, all the girls want you, everything's cool, isn't this amazing? And I, every single day I, I tell somebody what I'm most proud of is saving my mom's restaurant and learning how to work. It's the craziest thing I could tell somebody that knows my life because it's been blessed. And but I've lost a lot. I've lost a lot of friends, lost a lot of people in my life. But it's always been I didn't have um, substance. I didn't have meaning because when you're a pro surfer, you're trying to do something that's not even relatable. You're trying to tell someone how hard your life is and they see palm trees and Corona's. And you're like, no, you don't understand. I broke my fucking hip. My friend crashed his car in Portugal. And then we got arrested because we had pot. And, and then you tell the story and they're like, nah, you're still a pro surfer. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You're still so blessed. Fuck you. I think so that's, it's a that's big really thing. important. Yeah. So when I did my, my mom's, I have a restaurant in Hawaii. My mom was going to lose it. She was a half a million dollars of debt. And I lived in Bali. I was starting a brewery. <laughs> still a pro surfer, thinking I'm the guy. And I sold my house in Lucadia, which is worth probably $700 million now. And I bought this stupid restaurant, but the thing that made it all worthwhile is it worked. I brought it from the dead. I knew, learned how to dishwash, cook, bartend, manage, wait tables, have people ask for my autograph while I'm, I'm serving them food, which is such a trip. And <laughs> that stupid momentum movie came out right when I bought this restaurant. So everyone came from the mainland and wanted photos with me. And I'm just pouring in sweat, yelling at some guy in the back that he's fired and I'm dealing with people thinking that I'm still a pro surfer. But the whole dynamic of what happened was I realized that only thing I really want people to be proud of me for is this restaurant because I didn't give up. My whole town in Haleiwa told me, don't name it Breakers. It's a, it's a fight club and everyone hates it here and this and that. So I was gonna start this fucking Haleiwa fish market like some hipster bar in La Jolla and do oysters. And I was like, this is the jam, right? Everyone loves this in Australia. Ooh. And so I decided not to. I named it. It's the same fucking restaurant that I started 23 years ago. And, uh, and I fixed it. I brought the culture back to normal. I brought it as a kid's restaurant to eat breakfast. And all the stuff I did at that restaurant for the past four and a half years gave me the strength to start stand up, to get a divorce. Like I had to be real and find truth in my life. I, I, I tell my girlfriend all the time now, it's like, the only thing that we need in life is understanding. It's understanding is power. And when you understand that failing is important and being honest, these are all things that are part of the understanding of life. And it's not life, it's you, right? Life comes with mm. you. You're, you are a part of what is happening in your life. But we're in charge of the only thing that we're in charge of. We think we're in charge of so many things, which is embarrassing. But the only thing I'm really in charge of is, you know, me and I wish these shoes, but they're so <laughs> fucking hipster. I don't know. Dude, I think you look great. <laughs> and we're here today.
Yeah, and but I'm, 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 I'm rambling, so go for no, it. No, we're good, man. That's I mean, there's so much in that story, man. Like, who who just saw a little bit of themselves in Benji? Yeah. It's, how how yeah. much in there, right? Yeah. But there's a lot that we can unpack, man. And, like, when I uh, when Keaton mentioned to me that I should do this podcast, you know, on a surface level, I was like, wow, you know, a pro surfer. And she told me a bit about what you're doing. I started looking into it. You know, I saw someone that – you know, I just started a podcast that was doing stand-up comedy, all very hard things, mm -hmm. you know. And what I saw was somebody that wanted a full experience here on this earth. Totally. Right? And, all for, like, through your entire journey, I've seen a guy that refuses to be labeled, right, and wants to do everything that he does well, mm -hmm. right? And so through all these various chapters, all this ebb and flow – you've had this expectation of performing and serving, and that is who you are. Mm -hmm. What's inspiring to me is learning what someone's origin story is, right? So I can Google your name, I can see these documentaries, I can, I can look at what you've done, but I know that's not who you are completely. It's a piece and it's an amazing one, right? Um, those have been the opportunities and some of them I'm sure have blindsided you of like, Oh wow. How did I get here? How am I doing this? And, you know, I want to, I want to take it back. Um, you know, beyond the documentary, I've seen momentum generation. Um, but you know, what I saw in that flick was that you provided a safe space, your family, your mom provided a very safe space. And let's get into for those that don't know, kind of what the house was on the North Shore yeah. and what that meant for this group of guys that were first friends and then eventually became very high performers in what they did. Right. Well, my story starts from tragedy. Like my father and my mom <clears throat> had <clears throat> a really toxic, my father was from Arkansas. He was the only son of five girls and was beat most of his life. He had to take care of everybody and all these things. He was a very challenged. He didn't learn how to read. He still can't read. And he was from a really hard background. Then he started at 20 to play for the Oakland Raiders. Wow. It's an incredible story. So he played for the Raiders for seven years, won a Super Bowl with them. And this is in the 70s when they got paid $550 a week or a month. Yeah, when Making football players nothing, were tough. Nothing, man. Giant drinking beers, beer, on, the, black drinking beer on the sidelines. <laughs> John Madden was his coach, let's put it wow. that way. There's a photo of him when he's 20, and he's a brute, right? <laughs> and so after the Raiders, he went to Atlanta Falcons and then Redskins. Excuse me. He started with the Redskins, Atlanta Falcons, and ended at the Raiders. The reason why I know that is because I was born in uh, Los Angeles, but they, I, when they got divorced at five, we lived in Sacramento. And... Uh, I got blessed with the fact that my father and my mom had a really toxic relationship and he was very violent. And my mom decided in 79, I think I was four or five, that she was gonna leave my father and go to Hawaii. And she went with my sister and my grandma and they came back in 80 and we left. We left my dad in California and we went and moved to Hawaii. And I, I got to move to the North Shore of Oahu when I was a little kid. The story of getting that house on Pipeline started from my best friend was Jack Johnson, and he lived at Pipeline. He, his family owns all the property there. Especially back then, there was no one lived there. It was, it was like Wild West back then. And we lived on the mountain above Pipeline, and we probably paid 
it, well, let's put it this way. When we, I helped my mom pay rent when I was 14 at Pipeline at that house, and it was $750 a month. Wow. And I remember paying 400 of it because I was getting paid by Gotcha. Anyway, so I get across the street from Jack, and I would every day, I'm, so I'm 10 at this point, and we'd surf Pipeline, and we thought we were going to be pro surfers, and we, every day we'd film each other when f- cameras were VCR, things <laughs> like this with a VCR tape. And he's filmed, he ended up becoming a big filmer. Yeah. I don't know if you know Jack John's story, but. Y'all heard of him? <laughs> yeah, well, I, he was a filmer first, is what I'm saying. And so I'd always hang in his house, and I'd never even thought that I could live on the beach because my mom was a waitress, and we lived three kids, it's actually three of us. And then my mom, and she took care of us from uh, working at a place called Monterey Bay Canners in Wahiwa. And so anyway, um, we get to the, we get one evening. I, this is the best night of my life at that point. Um, I'm surfing pipeline. It's like five, six feet glassy evening. And me and Jack would go on the bus every morning. I'd walk down the mountain. He'd walk out. We'd take the bus every day. And that evening, my, I didn't know, but my mom was trying to get the Volcom house, which is now known as the Volcom house, which was our house. And my, I, I remember her saying, we're trying to get that house. And it was like 700 bucks a month. And I was like, we're never going to afford that shit. <laughs> and I'm at Pipeline. And we had this dog that you see in all Taylor Steele's movies. His name was Kona and Frisco. It was actually Jack Johnson's dog that his dad hated. So we took it. <laughs> and so I'm watching. I, I see my mom. And she never watches me surf Pipe because she hates it. And she comes down to the beach and me and Jack are surfing. And Jack's like, hey, I see your mom on the beach. And I'm like, and with the dogs, so I can say it. And I was like, fuck. I go in and I'm like, is everything okay? And she goes, we got it. And I go, we got what? And she goes, we got the house. And I went, what do you mean? And she goes, we're going to move into that house. She's, this is how old school was. There was no one living in it. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, Just you, you want to live here? Yeah. It was that ghetto on the North Shore in the 80s. You guys got to fucking realize how crazy it is because that house worth like 20 million now. Fuck me. The owner asked me when I was 17 if I wanted to buy it for 320 grand. It was worth, now it's worth 15, 20 million. And um, so anyway, the, we, uh, that night, it was the most excited I've ever been in my life. I'm 12. And I'm like, I'm going to live at Pipeline. And at that point, I, Ross Williams, Shane Dorian were like 16. They're already in the mags. And I was like, I'm going to be a pro surfer. You know, I, and the one time it, it actually came to fruition was I, every morning we'd surf uh, gums or pipeline right before we go on the bus. And Shane and Ross already got out of school. They're like 17 and they were pro. They're big time. And they saw me have a session at gums before before school. And I came in and I had a, one of the best sessions up to that point. And they go, so when are you going to turn pro? And Jack wanted to be pro, too. So when we went in on the bus, I told him Shane and Ross just said, when am I going to turn pro? And I was like rubbing it in his face. And the best part about that moment was Jack's like, hold my beer. Like, I don't need to be a pro surfer. I'm going to, you know, just ruin the world with folk music. <laughs> and, um, and so, and it's crazy. Me and Jack had a Metallica band at that point at four, 15, and we we're both in the Surfer Magazine Top 100. We really did want to, his mom would drive us to Connors every weekend. And then right around that time when I'm 14, 15, Shane and Ross and fuck, Tom Carroll, guys like, during the Pipe Masters, we would walk through my yard, and it was like watching, you guys probably are too young, but North Shore, the movie. Remember that movie in the 80s? I think it was the 80s. Yeah. And it was, like, it was like that. You would see Tom Curran and all these guys that I look up to in my fucking yard. <laughs> and I'm like, and my mom would be like, who's that? And I'm like, who's that? And I'm like, that's, uh, <laughs> right? And then uh, it was like, a, that's when the movie started. It was like, oh, here we go. And it's, it's, I've, I luckily wasn't a surfer. I was never a pro surfer. I, I interviewed Perry Farrell. My, one of my last, it was my last, po- just two podcasts ago, I interviewed him. And he goes, I'm not a, a 
I said, you're a rock star. And he goes, I'm not a rock star. I'm a good human and a surfer. Mm. And I was like, holy shit. I go, I don't want people to know I'm a surfer because I, I don't think that's my title. I think it's like being a good person. And that's why I think I'm good friends with Blink. They make a, a song called Mutt in my living room when I'm 21. All the things that happen is because of who I am, not for what I did. Yeah. And that was always really relative in my life. It was based yeah, on that. I think that's so cool, man. And like I, I saw a quote somewhere where you're saying that as it was happening you know you were just growing up it was one thing after another and you didn't realize how impactful that that set Dude. setting was until years later <laughs> totally you know and it but That's crazy. also you know looking into your story I, I see that there has been a trend of the, the types of people that you attract um and like i said all high performers whether it's from music to surfing to film all of these things but I also think it's incredibly interesting on the timing, yeah. right? This was early in the game. Like there wasn't much money in professional surfing, yeah. right? You had your passion and then you realized that you were going to have to create the opportunity that you were seeking in order to do it full time and keep up with the times in the world. Yeah. So, you know, I think that that there's a lot of parallels in that. A lot of people, whether it's musicians, artists, all of us, especially in 2022, are having to figure out what we're passionate about and also market ourselves in a way that we can make a living doing it. But we can do that. Yeah. Being undeniable is the most important thing. And being undeniable means there's no one that's going to tell you you can't achieve that goal. And it's about finishing that goal. And the goal doesn't have to be you being successful and rich and famous. The goal is the finish line of what your what that fucking story was supposed to be. And like you said, yeah. being a good human being, being a good person and, and not being the best at whatever it is that you do. Yeah. And taking that seriously. And keeping your ears closed and, and going straight ahead no matter what anyone else thinks. That was the one thing all my friends like we had Pennywise and off, I mean, Blink started in my living room. We had STV. It was a that was skip. out here, right? That was in here. I had I lived in Pacific Beach off the, the thing. Um, what do you call it? Garnett Avenue, right there, Bella Pacific. And me and Tom DeLong moved in there when we were nineteen. <laughs> and he begged me because I lived with my parents in PB. We had a TV, surf, skate, snow. That's where they first got on TV. It was our TV station. Sick. And it was like Wayne's World. I wish you guys, if you Google it, YouTube it, you'll see it's called STV. It's fucking, it was this close to being really big. We had 128 hour long shows. It was made in the living room at Sprung Monkey, you know, Unwritten Law. All the bands would play. No Doubt was on it when they first started before they had an album. We had all kinds of crazy shit happen. But Blink, they started and in my living room, we had, um, we had uh, two or three days before my surf part for Good Times. It was called mm -hmm. Good Times. No, the show. It was called mm -hmm. The Show. It was a Taylor Steele movie. And I needed a song. And Blink only had Cheshire Cat just come out. And they were starting Dude Ranch, which is their second album. And, <laughs> and uh, Taylor Steele was big time at that point. And um, Tom worked at GNC, the vitamin store. And when I lived with him, he lived there. He had a red Nissan truck that he put the tailgate down to save gas mileage. <laughs> he would show up and I'd be like, why is your fucking tailgate down? And he's like, oh, dude, you kidding? I saved so much money. Rid yourself of the resistance. And then, and then the fucked up part was, is I was kind of balling. I was 19 and I got an RX-7, this like Batmobile. And I paid for the furniture. I got Ethan Allen couches. I even bought that stereo that's too big. It doesn't even really sound good. You know, that stupid ass fucking shit. Ball out. And then it was Tom DeLong's fucking 21st birthday because I got uh, alcohol poison at the open bar in PB. 
and I got sick. I threw up his mom's fucking pot roast that she made us. And I never wanted pot roast. I still don't want pot roast. <laughs> that really is a true story. And then uh, we had two days to get this fucking song in. And he goes, this is the, one of the coolest moments in my life that I like to tell the story because it still seems like it's fake. Um, and I had that stereo and shit. And then the Ethan Allen goes, he goes, he goes, Taylor gave me two days? Cool. And he wrote this song called Mutt, which you guys probably saw it in American Pie. Remember American Pie? Where the, remember where the super hot girl's pulling her panties down? And he's like, oh, fuck. And he starts running. That song. That's called Mutt after me. And he, he wrote it for a surf part. And uh, the surf part for the surf movie it was in was like six months before American Pie. And so it's in my part. And he, he made it in two days. And it ended up being in this fucking movie that became like with the most iconic film of my generation, right? And so he would, every time I'd travel with them, they would play it on stage and make fun of me and the whole thing. And it was in my living room and it sounded like dog shit. Like he's like, he's like, and he's making up these lyrics about me sitting on a seat, pants too tight, fucking all this stuff. And I'm like, and I went into my room and this is before I smoked weed. We didn't even drink. Like we were so straight. That's why I got fucking alcohol poisoning. I was a pussy. <laughs> I did. And uh, I went into my room and I was like, he ain't going to pull this off. And I went to bed and then he gave it to Taylor. They recorded it at this place in Rancho Santa Fe the next day called Big Mouth. We got her mouth some. And it came out and it ends up being this amazing song. And I watched this 19 year old kid from Poway that begged me to move in with him. Write this fucking song on an acoustic guitar in like two hours. And it became so popular that they put it in the iconic film of my generation. And from that house in PB. And that shit was like, that was when I was like, wow, my life is really starting to turn into some kind of weird trip. Then Jack Johnson became, he's Jack making Johnson. a surf movie of me in Reunion Island. He made this thing called Thicker Than Water. And he's, my best friend's filming me in a surf movie. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Until we are in Reunion Island in France. And he fucking plays guitar. And I already knew he was a good guitarist. But he sang. And he sang Rodeo Clowns to me and Rob Machado to a dat tape. And he's like, what do you guys think? And he sang it. And we all looked at him like, fuck, you're not going to film us anymore. <laughs> There's no way. You're so good. And then like two months later, he's on 91X, the same fucking radio station that made Blink-182 famous off of college kids saying to the the radio station, they gave him 10 songs to choose from. And if you guys remember Blink, their first hit was called um, Eminem. And it went, do you guys remember anything about Blink? Oh, yeah. No? But Eminem was this song that sounded like, and it was just impossible not to be like, oh, that's catchy. Fuck. It's like, and they, all the college kids said, that's the catchy one. So they put it on the radio when we lived in that little fucking apartment. And the lady that rented us the apartment said, I need both your parents to sign because he goes, I work at GNC and I'm a rock star. And she goes, nah, parents sign. And then I go, I'm a pro surfer. Look at my car. And she's like, I need your mom's signature. I'm like, fuck it. And then she was the first person when he called me on my next tell. It was like this. I think it was a sidekick. It was all, and I had my little fucking race car. I'm about to and, go back to one of those. Dude, and he goes like this. He Say goes, that. turn on the radio. Turn on the radio. And it was like out of one of those Tom Hanks fucking stupid movies. I go, what's on? And I turn it on. And it's, and I'm like, you're on the fucking radio? And he's like, I made it. I pull into that complex. The lady's jumping up and down. Straight up like this. Oh, my God. She heard his song. Because 91X is kind of like the only radio station in PB that you would listen to back then. And it was like right after that, we moved out of that house. He bought a $300,000 house in Encinitas. Two years later, a million-dollar house. Now he's just in fucking space, as you know. <laughs> he's in outer so space, big. but he's still a good human. It's a crazy so story. So cool, man. 
man like there's a lot of highs in there man like i i so many highlights i'm sure it's just been a trip the entire time but there was something that you mentioned earlier and i want to kind of take it back to and it's this awareness of your path right and i i philosophize about this a lot um i i think that's our entire purpose here um is becoming attuned to who we are and whether we're attuned with the rest of life or not um and being able to be honest with yourself whether you're on your path or off of it, right? And I want to know what that looked like for you um, in a sense of, you know, there was that darker period in your life. You said five years where it got really oh, rough. Yeah. It's know? been and a lot more than five. For sure. But the, the cool thing about, I guess, my thing is always trying to, like, I grew up with all Samoans. I was up only five white kids in my whole school. So I came up as a minority, and it sounds crazy to say as a white, blonde-haired kid, but uh, I grew up as something that I walked on eggshells. I checked my P's and Q's. I was always like that. So I, I, I came from a place of like understanding of my place on the, the, that place where well, I grew up. And it's a place of extreme honesty and respect. Yeah, and respect. And it's, it's a good place to be, to be honest. But what, what it came from it is like I say, I have all these amazing. And, and what I did at that school is I made everyone laugh. I'd have these Samoan guys. Uh, I could tell you their names even, but you guys would laugh at their names. Um, and they would, they would get up in me and they always respected that we were surfers. They thought we were crazy, but I would make them laugh because I was so small and they would just eat me alive, you know? So I always would be like, ha 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 ha, nothing to see here, ha ha ha, you know? And I would always be like, my dad was very intimidating and very abusive, so I'd always try to make him laugh, ha ha ha, my brother, his nickname is the big mean. I was always, ha 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 And then all my highs of my life that we just talked about, I always go, I I relate and I go back to those moments because the dark ones I like to avoid with happiness. And that's why I'm a good comic. That's why I I try to avoid serious moments because they're scary because I have such highs and such lows. But the one reason why I'm so proud of the fact that I learned how to work and and, and be grounded and be honest in that one uh, endeavor that I'm still working on five years later that's the thing that I'm most proud of. Like I said, I'm not proud of Tom DeLonge being in my fucking house and writing a song about me. I'm just blown away that that happened in my life. Yeah, it, just it gives is. me it gives me just this awe, which I like to tell stories to people that don't know me because I, I think that's what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of I always divert all of it to kind of like my success, as we said. But the truth is, I, I'm more proud of something that's so simple that every one of us can do. Learning how to, my best friend, <laughs> I have all these fucking, I have a couple tattoos and they're all my best friends, right? This guy died two years ago. His name was John Burton Carpenter. He started Burton Snowboards, right? And he told me everything I fucking wanted to do, he would always give me shit and say, you're not as good as you could be at it. And he told me when I bought the restaurant, and he goes, I was the best dishwasher. I only did it for two weeks, but I was the best fucking dishwasher. And he told me in a way that I was like, sure, you're the best dishwasher, but the reason he said it that way, the reason why he gave me tough love is because it's all up to us to find perspective. Like your perspective is what, where all of our happiness comes from. The best part about living in Bali is you see a, a kid in the street with long sleeves, shirts, and he's shoveling fucking coal into the thing to make some kind of road out of nothing. And when you go by him, he smiles and he gives you a little like, what's up? And the whole point is, is like his perspective is perfect. Like his, that we would be there crying, why me, looking on our phone, fuck. And the perspective is every part of our life, if we can find happiness in that moment, 
That's true happiness. Happiness doesn't come from Tom DeLonge write me a song. It doesn't come from Metallica playing at my wedding. It doesn't come. I'm not going to keep going with that shit. <laughs> but it's true. Like all the things that happen in my life that seem so important and so surreal aren't important. But they are if I have perspective. And I had perspective at the wedding. And I was like, fuck you, Metallica. You know? And so it was amazing. But if it becomes a point where I'm like, oh, Metallica, you know? Then what's the point? It's like, it's so cool to think that ayahuasca, mushrooms, therapy, being on such a diet, which sounds crazy because that's all I'm focusing on now because I'm going to lose weight. Dorian and Kelly Slater and Joe Rogan, all these people that I'm friends with and all these guys, they just know what to do to get true happiness without using substance. My thing is, is why, why can't I just pa, ta, da, 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 <laughs> right? And there's so much to da, 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 but it's nice to be able to just drink really good filtered water, go surfing, be in the sun and exercise. Your brain needs it so bad. Whenever the blood gets to my brain, I'm like, aha, that feels fucking good. You know, instead of having to shake my head with a tequila bottle in fucking TJ where the guy goes, eh, you know, so I just think perspective is the most important thing. And life is not hard. You know, it, it is hard, but it's not as hard as we make it. Like it's the simplicity that that's what's so stupid is when we go back in time is when we're the happiest. It's like I made a ribeye steak, rosemary, butter, and me and my girlfriend had sea salt and a, a broccolini just now for dinner because I'm not eating carbs. We ate it and we looked at each other like, I feel good. I don't hate myself and I'm not hungry and we're not going to Taco Bell on the way home. So I don't know. It's just making like all the stuff that it used to be about, which is hunting family, son, and exercise is really the meaning of life. That's perspective. When it comes to my car needing a better stereo and fucking, we got spray tans before we went to New York because I wanted to look lit when I went on my comedy run. Dude, you know, that's in. No, it is. Yeah, I did that in. shit. Yeah. And uh, you know what? It made me feel a little bit better for a minute, but I got a real tan today and I'm like, <laughs> I feel better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, perspective. That's, that's the meaning of this whole talk we're having right now is perspective. Yeah, man. And, you know, I see you choosing to be on the lighter side of life, whether you're like you're saying, using comedy, using jokes to, you know, make people like you or to get out of situations, but also, you know, just choosing to be an optimist to, yeah. I mean, to fight every day to be on that lighter side of life. It's super important. It's very and important. And you've, you've chosen to do that and all the various things that you've pursued and all of us have that in us. All of us have that power to choose to be on that side. Trust me, we all get on Instagram, we all get on social media, we all know those people that constantly complain, constantly bitch, but they give away all of their power in whatever they're doing, the way that they're living their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us that are sitting back and observing these times, I mean, there's some days where you can't escape how heavy 2022 is or the conversations that are being had but at some point you have to escape that you have to be able to tune in to be the best person you can to remind each other that this worldly experience is an experience of love and light and that's what we have to come back to and whatever it is that we do the way that we speak to one another the words that we choose the perspectives that we've acquired sharing that that's what's going to change the world. All right. So I want to thank Benji for coming on tonight. I think there's, there's a lot more layers to this night. 
we're going to have some amazing performers. We've got some very talented, amazing artists here joining us tonight. All of y'all that joined us tonight have a story. I want to encourage y'all to share that with one another, to ask each other where you come from, to give these guys your attention, to ask these artists how they've acquired these skills and how they've dwelled into their crafts. All of these things will bring us closer together and that we can step outside of this room and expand on that. All right, so I wanna give Benji Weatherly a nice round of applause. Yeah, so good, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, you guys definitely, definitely, uh, the Alawaska's hitting, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was a good group. Dude, thank good, you. Good vibes, you guys. Thank you so much for joining Cheers. us. I can't wait to hear the band, boys. Let's go. Totally. Um, I wanna encourage y'all to speak with our artists tonight. Um, we definitely have some pieces and some prints for sale. 100% of the pieces sold tonight will go directly to the artist. Um, and then we're going to have half hour late play. These guys fucking rock. And they're styling tonight. Come on. They even conditioned their hair for this one. Come on. <laughs> nah. But uh, let's give them our undivided attention. Um, we also want to give a sh huge shout out to Aviator Nation for being wonderful hosts. Um, not enough nice things to say about the staff. Everybody's been so gracious and helpful um, in making this night happen. Um, and then if you haven't met me, please come shake my hand. I'd love to get to know every single one of y'all. And then also after half hour late plays tonight, um, we're throwing a little after party at Nautilus Tavern right down the road. And um, they're looking forward to seeing each and every one of y'all out tonight. And that's also an open invite. So tell everybody, tell all your friends, tell your nieces and nephew that we're taking tequila shots at like 11, 15-ish over at Nautilus Tavern. All right? One more time, give it up for Benji Weatherly. Thanks, guys. All right, you guys. Thank you. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.